0: Hi guys, welcome to the Ramon Foster Show with no Ramon. He got called away on a little bit of a family errand that has him a little bit uh, ornery. (laughs) But I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I'm not sure, he might actually be able to make it to us at some point in the program. Uh, He wasn't particularly clear in his ire, is the word. I-R-E, great crossword puzzle word. Uh, The boss is telling me that I'm... Not coming through very loud and clear. Would you all agree with that? Let's see what I can. Not sure what I can do here about that. Had some audio issues uh, on this end. Let me try to turn up the microphone volume. Tell me if that's better. How does that sound? Yeah, better? Huh? Anybody? Lori says she hears me fine. Perfect. Bobby says, hear you? Hear you? Uh, you were quiet yesterday. Uh, yeah, fishing for Trout points out we had a microphone issue uh, over, at the, over at the shop and the studio. But the, the snow has taken care of us going in there today. It's not really that it's lame. Can you guys see it in the background? Pretty nice, huh? Anyway, how do I sound? It sounds all right? I'm not getting any feedback from the boss here. Anything? Yeah? I guess you can't hear me either bit better alright I'll turn it up one last time and then we'll get on with the show sorry for the awkwardness it's just it's a little different when Ramon isn't here oh she says fine okay that was a two-minute two-minute delay on the reply there I'm gonna I'm gonna get to a better volume today everybody says it's fine now okay good Wow okay so it's Friday And as always here on the Ramon Foster Show, it's Rapid Fire Friday. And that means that basically you take over this program. You're the one that makes it happen. You're the one that gets through uh, all of the various uh, subjects that we've covered and that were raised, especially yesterday with the Mike Tomlin press conference. Uh, it, it's now it's now a chance to to start getting into some of those individual things, just little stuff. Like for example, he was asked about the future of the inside linebacker position, and we didn't really have anything there. You know what I'm saying? Um, there, there's just there was just too much to go over with the with the really really big stuff here. So we're gonna just go into. Here we just got a message from Ramon. It says he is gonna have to. He is going to have to miss today's show. So we're going to do this for like about 30 minutes, all right? Swan says, hey, DK, how soon would you like to see a new offensive coordinator get hired? I don't think it's a matter of how soon uh, anybody should want to see the individual in-house and employed. The issue is there's only a handful of these candidates that are worthwhile. And... You don't want to just pass up on being part of that first wave of hires, if only because there might be somebody in there who you'd be interested in. Do You see what I'm saying? Ben Johnson says, who picks the positional coaches? Would a new OC pick them? As with everything, you can always answer a question about the Steelers and who makes a decision like this. Yes, meaning they're all going to be that way. Uh, it's going to be everybody, including Art Rooney everybody's in on all of these decisions. They sit in an office, they talk to each other and that's just how it goes. You know, uh, the boss reminds us to please like and subscribe. Chris says, Hey DK is Mason Cole going to be the Steelers center next year. I really like this guy and he really, really struggled and he did not help the process. The snaps were bad. The blocking was often bad. He was more comfortable. Well, listen to me already talking about him in the past tense. He was way more comfortable in run blocking than in pass blocking. And while that's okay, you know, when you're running, it's it's not when you're passing. And you can't afford to have somebody uh, getting cleaned up the way he did. He allowed in Buffalo, just the one game in Buffalo, he allowed six Pass rushes, meaning six quarterback rushes or quarterback hurries or hits, and one was it should have been it should have been a sack. Mason Rudolph was able to get the ball away. You guys might remember it. It ended up falling incomplete to uh, to George Pickens. But that subject did not come up with a head coach yesterday. But uh, I guarantee you that if it had, the coach would have acknowledged there had been some. Struggles there. Here, Tim says uh, Mason Rudolph's recent tweet made sure made it sound like he's coming back. Any word on a new contract? Uh, that tweet just went out about twenty minutes ago. He he spoke as he did in his answer to me in Buffalo about his teammates, about the the bond that they'd formed, that offense had uh, in the tweet. Uh, and I'm not. I, I didn't see the same thing that you did. Other than here's to 2024. I will say that uh, if I were uh, a gambling person, and I'm not, I believe he'll be back. It's actually not so much about what what he has to say here. I know how the Steelers sound whenever they know they've got somebody. Okay? There's a certain code to how they speak. And when I hear Mike Tomlin say... Yesterday, we're interested in continuing to do business with him. And when I hear Mike Tomlin say that the quarterback for 2024 is already in-house, well, he's only talking of one of two people, and he clearly did not, if you put the Jenga puzzle together, he did not say that Kenny Pickett was going to be that. He said that he was QB1 now, but that he's going to be open, certainly, to competition. Brian says, why do the Steelers hate Mason Rudolph? They don't. They don't. And it's not true in in, in the reverse either. Mason's not a drama guy. If you're looking for drama, you're not going to get it from him. And you're not going to get it from other people as it relates to him. He is exactly what you see. He's a quarterback. It's what he lives for. Anybody who was surprised by his performance – That's okay. I was surprised by his performance. But anybody who was surprised by his readiness, his preparedness, uh uh-uh. This is what he does. This is what he's done his whole life. Why do you think he was so emotional the first day that he was taking first-team practices? Bobby says, DK, do you think Byron Leftwich would be a good fit for OC? I am concerned that Leftwich has been sitting there for a year. I don't like that. It's kind of like when a house sits on the market, you know, and you're you're house shopping and the house has been sitting there for 18 months and you're going, you're just picturing all kinds of like rats and stuff in it. I I don't mean to liken Leftwich to that scenario, but the price goes down. Every additional, I believe it's three months, the price goes down. And in Leftwich's case, really? He couldn't have worked somewhere? He couldn't have gotten a job as you know offensive assistant or something like that uh, Leroy says DK any word on who the Steelers are reaching out to to interview for I would not be saving that for this show my man it would be a it would be blasted all over our website that's we are not the uh, we are not as reporters in the business of of keeping secrets we're in the business of blowing them up Mark Lancaster comes at us with a Todd Haley I don't think so I don't think so. I don't think you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of specific, uh, not specific. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of names involved in this, unless it's the one that Rochelle brings up here, and it's and it's a it's a good one to bring up, and that's Eric Bieniemy. Uh, enemy of course, is a guy who was making magic with the Chiefs, and by the way, I haven't been the same without him. And he's looked at. He's been looked at in the past as a head coaching candidate, although that really hasn't been the case for a while now either. Uh, What would I think about him? I think he would be eminently qualified. But the question here is, the question has a lot more to do with fit. And nothing that Tomlin said yesterday did or would have convinced me otherwise. He is a fit guy. And take that however you want to. It's not just that he wants to surround himself by yes people or anything, because why else would he have brought? Why would he have brought in Brian Flores, who was just a very successful head coach of another NFL team? You know, he brings Flores into his environment. Yeah, I understand there were other reasons behind it, but he brought in Flores and he ran the risk a little bit of having a second head coach in the building. Didn't bother him. Didn't bother him. So I, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see uh, some names start popping up in short order here. I really do. Here, Ray says, "Hey, DK, how would you compare and contrast the ownership styles of Dan Rooney and Art Rooney II, and who's being groomed to eventually replace Art?" I don't want to get into a whole long discussion on this, Ray. So I'll take the first part of your, your, uh, your question since it gets brought up a lot by people. There's differences between the two but some of the way the differences have been painted in public and by that I'm talking about fans not media are not accurate the idea that I I see art constantly referred to as an absentee owner he's anything but absentee he's around the team all the time sometimes I think he's more around the team than the team is the idea that he's disengaged or distant or passive also really doesn't dovetail with reality I don't know of many owners who had just stepped in and made a change at coordinator the way Rooney did around the Bruce Arians and Todd Haley period okay that was a thing that was almost Jerry Jones like so I I, I I, I see differences in their personalities, okay, but I definitely don't see it in terms of uh, how involved or how passionate they are about the work. Don't forget, Mike Tomlin was head coach under Dan Rooney for a long period. Uh, Bill Cower was a head coach under Dan Rooney for a long period. Chuck Knoll was a—you get the idea here, Okay. Dwight Jefferson says, hey, DK, how do OCs and quarterback coaches need to mesh with the existing QBs, Uh, Kenny and hopefully maybe Mason on the roster? Dwight, you word it in a way that's probably closer to reality than some other ways that I've heard, which is I see people saying stuff like, well, this has to be a a coordinator uh, who is able to pick his QB when he comes in or gets his type of QB. That's not going to fly. That's not going to fly. You as the coordinator aren't as important, sorry, as the franchise quarterback. You've got to be able to work with who you've got. This was one of the things that came up, you'll recall, when it was going to be Matt Canada and Ben Roethlisberger. Well, that's not it. Matt Canada type quarterback at all. But guess what? He's headed to Canton and you're not, so you're gonna have to adjust. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at here. So I, I wouldn't think as much about you know who the quarterbacks will be in that scenario. Uh, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be about who the best coordinator is, and they are the ones who have to get it done. Tube dude says, Hey DK, now that Tomlin has stated that Pickett will be starting at quarterback next season. Is the Rudolph Renaissance real, and will it continue into... Tube Dude, that's not what he said. He said, uh, in in a question that was asked directly of him, as to whether or not Kenny is going to regain his QB1 status, Tomlin said, certainly, and then the fourth word from there was, but... He didn't even get through the first sentence without bringing up that there's going to be competition. That's not... And then he also used this word, too. He said, we're not in the business of anointing anybody. That was in reference to Kenny. Uh, He called it a huge... And that was the way he said it, year for Kenny. Uh, That is anything but stating that Pickett will be starting at quarterback. Uh, I've seen that misinterpreted. As well. Hodge brings up Najee Harris's fifth year option, which, if you heard the head coach, and this won't surprise anybody either, will absolutely unequivocally be picked up. He will be back. So you will see the same running back tandem again, which by the way is something else that makes the you know that makes the job a little bit more comfortable. Everyone's gonna be reaching for familiar names. This, this isn't gonna happen. I get the impression. And I've never gotten this before from this group. I get the impression that when they say they're going to the outside, they're saying it with a purpose. They're saying it with conviction, as in they want to go outside. Uh, when Tomlin was asked why he wants to go outside, he said, I feel it's appropriate. So I would not be thinking about reunions. And, and uh, I've seen people bring up Charlie Batch, who I love. But no, Charlie does not have experience as a coordinator. That also came up in this thing, uh, meaning with Tomlin. He said he wants he wants NFL experience. So you're not going to be just randomly throwing out names of people that you know, Hines Ward and so forth. It's going to be it's going to be probably somebody that is not all that familiar to Steelers fans. It might be to football fans but not to, to Steelers fans here. Mark Lancaster asks about Corey Trice. I am fascinated by the support that this young man gets from the Steelers nation. He was on the field for not even a week, I think it was, because I was there when it happened, when he got hurt in Latrobe, and... And everyone knew right away what happened. There was there was nobody around him. He just he just went down, and he's holding his knee. And you go, uh oh. But this fan base got behind him over, what was it? It was some kind of. It was just a, a set of drills in minicamp. It was even before they got to Latrobe, and everyone was like, "Wow, this is this kid. This is fantastic. Two long handsy corners who can make things happen." And we never saw him, meaning we never saw him actually play football in anger. He had a a couple of nice drills. Pat Peterson had some nice things to say about him that got a lot of publicity, and everyone went bonkers over him. And, you know, that's the last thing we saw, so he's still perfect in our eyes. Uh, But he's also got legitimate promise. They have legitimate excitement about him. Uh, I've seen him around the facility. I uh, actually brought him up just the other day with uh, in a conversation I was having with Calvin Austin because Cal, you'll remember, was in a very similar spot. Calvin went down and knew he was going to miss his entire rookie year, and he said, I was never going to be treated uh, I was never going to be treated like a rookie after that again. I was going to be a second-year player. So he worked his rear end off in the film room, talking to teammates, watching, 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 asking, 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 and doing everything that he could, and then going to his quarterback's uh, various throwing sessions in the spring and the summertime, and he took a lot of pride in it. He really did. And there he was in Buffalo catching a touchdown pass in a playoff game the other day. Uh, c asks, hey, DK, please don't make fun of me, but do you think maybe the NFL is fake? How come the defense didn't want to tackle on Monday? I'm not sure what the fake part would mean. You you made me insist, or you, you insisted on my not making fun of you, so I won't. The defense didn't tackle on Monday because the defense ran all out of healthy bodies. Um, I know people hear that they, ah, oh, you're making an excuse, or it's not an excuse if it's true. Two of your three inside linebackers were lost for the season. The third one was put into a, a role, uh, really in an elevation of snaps, meaning in Landon Roberts that he never expected, still went out and delivered. How about that uh, pass breakup that he had in the end zone in Buffalo? The guy gave everything he had, but he couldn't become three inside linebackers. Miles Jack... Was a nice little story for a while, and then Dalton Kincaid went running right past him, for a for a touchdown for the Bills. Uh, they ran out of players, and they ran out of they ran out of inside linebackers. They ran out of safeties. In a way, you could argue that they kind of ran out of D line. Then they ran out of T.J. Watt. I mean, let's not overthink this. You know, when they say it, it's an excuse. If we say it and it's real, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit different here. Uh, SV says, any big-name vets who might be on the way out of Pittsburgh contract or trade? I, I think that the the one to keep an eye on is Peterson. It's been a strange relationship between Peterson and the fans, it seems, meaning he started off like everybody's thinking he's done, and then all of a sudden he was the old Pat Peterson again as opposed to old Pat Peterson. And he made some plays and he showed all the leadership that he's known for and everything. And then it kind of faded there again near the end. Dude was moving everywhere they wanted him to. Never had played safety in his life. Went there, did a nice job. I think there's a lot of pluses to at least considering some type of role for him, including maybe reserve safety. The the trouble with that though is that those guys who are in those positions generally speaking on the 53 man roster also have to be on special teams and you're not putting that guy on special teams uh, Dan West says hey DK I know Tomlin said that QB1 is on the roster but if you were <laughs> Coach D would do you consider trading significant capital for a true QB1 like Justin Herbert no 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 I don't A true QB1, you know, there's all kinds of ways to define that, but most of them are based on perception. You know, we've known of Justin Herbert. He was a hot draft commodity. He steps right in. He's a starter in the NFL. And there is a set of circumstances in which you can make an argument that he's one of those guys. He's one of those – Justin Fields' name comes up all the time too for a lot of the same reasons. I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm I'm all about, you know, Mason Rudolph a thousand percent over, or I'm one billion percent sold. But we watched these games, right? We watched them. He's 28 years old just because he's been in our heads. And we've been thinking about him and seeing him for five years doesn't mean that he's old. He's 28. Kenny's 25. If you, if you put that to just like people out on the street here, if you just said to them, how old would you say these two quarterbacks are? Casual fans, just somebody walking by with a Steeler jacket on. They'd never guess that in a million years. They'd tell you that, like that Kenny's 21 and that Rudolph's 30. I'm serious. But if you're, you know, if you're paying attention... If you're paying attention, it's a little bit different here. Uh, Timothy says, will the new OC be pressured to start Kenny Pickett because of his draft status? I sure hope not. But remember, it's not the OC's call, and it wouldn't be the OC saying who the starter is. That would come directly from the head coach's mouth and from nobody else. And you'd hear that. You would actually hear that. Put Roan back. That was actually kind of cool. She had Mona peeking out from the bottom. I kind of like that. It's nice having him here. It makes me more comfortable. (laughs) CT says, DK, I just want to get a coordinator who knows how to scheme our guys open. Someone who can modernize the offense. Do you think Kenny is the type guy for designed QB runs? Well, I did. I did in his earliest Time And I did after Mike Tomlin brought it up entering this season. He said that he wanted to see uh, as, a, as a critical component of his offense that 30 or 40 yards that you can get on the ground out of your quarterback. And then it just vanished. They just kept getting more and more and more conservative with Kenny over the course of his time. And Why? You can say that they're operating in their fears or whatever else, but then you saw what they were like with Rudolph. They were just like, oh, okay, cool, a quarterback. Let's just do what we were going to do. And they did. Tomlin was asked yesterday about if he became more comfortable taking more risks with Rudolph, and he shot that down. Well, this is just what we wanted to do It was the time of year because he just cannot bring himself to say anything at all, even remotely negative or challenging um, toward Kenny. Michael Walker says, what are some pitfalls, I get it, that Pickett can avoid if he wants to compete with Mason next season? Well, the number one thing, and I would hope that this would be loud and clear uh, to everybody, but more importantly, him, is that the thing that was the most striking as soon as Rudolph got into that game uh, against the Bengals here at home was to just hold your ground, show some conviction, and make a pass. Make the pass you want to make. Make a decision. I heard that from the offensive linemen repeatedly. Make a decision. Um, They loved that about Rudolph. They loved that he knew where he wanted to go. He hung in there. he threw it. Kenny wasn't doing that. There are all kinds of philosophies about this. I don't believe that he has fear in him. I don't think that's it. I think that from being five years in college, and that's the reason that Kenny's as as old as he is for an NFL uh, guy in his second year, that Kenny was looking for Jordan Addison still, um, Jordan Addison was his wide receiver at Pitt who would get what the scouts like to refer to as college open. There's college open and there's NFL open. And Jordan Addison would create so much space that basically you just had to throw the ball in his direction. Addison is a a really, really, really good wide receiver. He's going to be one in the NFL and he was a great one in college. But College open doesn't exist. Not at this level. And and that's the part that that stinks. Uh, Because I think Kenny's still looking for guys to be college open. And as we've seen, including with these four Mason Rudolph games here, you don't have that benefit. You don't have that luxury. And you can't be afraid to throw interceptions. You can't take that to the other extreme. You can't say, well, I've gone six games in a row Without having an interception, no, not that he would say that, I'm, I'm saying that. You just can't you can't operate like that. And you could tell that, again, the whole offense felt like they were unshackled. And I think including the coaches. Hey, let's try this crazy play. Let's see what happens here. But he can't panic. That's got to be number one here. Coach says, uh, DK, what do you address first in the draft? Um, you always have to base that on the actual draft, as opposed to just circling a position and saying, "Let's go get one of these." But it's a fair question to ask because if all things are equal, which way would you go? I would love to see a defensive lineman. Okay, um, that's kind of the the old school in me as it as it comes to following the Steelers. Uh, I I don't like seeing them in the state that they're in, and I understand there are all kinds of circumstances to it. Cam Hayward is playing on what he described as a broken groin. Larry Ogunjobi, I'm convinced, hasn't been healthy for a day that he's been with the Steelers. Uh, And Keanu Benton just wore down. There's a difference. Keanu wasn't hurt. but You need to see the defensive line get back to being dogs, like D-O-G-S dogs, you know? And you need to see them be uh, impactful again. And that hasn't been the case. You don't even notice them. You don't see TFLs. You don't see sacks. You don't even really, you don't see anything splashy even about their run defense. It's just, it's just, they're just there. Nova Racer says, hey, DK, I like that. What's your confidence level that Tomlin will give Mason a fair shot? Ooh. Let me put it this way, okay, based on some stuff that I know. He is, he is the guy who would be ecstatic if Kenny wins the job. Okay? He might not be inclined to want to give Rudolph a fair shot, but there are too many headwinds that he'd be facing by forcing a Kenny decision. For example, A, this is the guy who says constantly that you're judged by what you do in stadiums. So now you're going to look at summer football in the grass at Chuck Knoll Field and say that this is more important than these last four desperation games that the Steelers played. Uh -uh. You're also going to be facing headwinds, and I know this for a fact, within that locker room, from that offense. They bought what Rudolph was selling, meaning as a football player. They felt like they came together. They feel like he brought the best out of them individually, not just collectively, but also individually. Don't ever discount that as a factor in professional sports. You're a team player, and you love your team, and you're committed and all that other stuff, but at the end of the day, you also got to get paid. So when you see that Deontay Johnson was the first one to go public in stating his support for Rudolph after the season... Not an accident, not an accident. Leroy says, uh, DK aren't Pat Peterson and Dan Moore open for contract talks now? No, no, they're, they're both signed. Uh, Dan Klimko says, what'll be interesting is which what, what receivers will do with independent workouts with each, oh boy, is that gonna get, everything about this is gonna get magnified. It really is, okay? But that includes the sessions that are held somewhere else. The positive to that is Mason and Kenny legitimately get along, and you usually need more than one quarterback to conduct things like this. Not for an informal session, but for the for the ones that they have, like in Florida where they bring a ton of people down. Uh, and the one, just, just to cite an, an, an unfortunate example, the one where Dwayne Haskins was killed, that was uh, that was a Mitch Trubisky, I believe, session. So you, you usually have more than one quarterback uh, at these things. Maybe they could just eliminate any of the controversy by doing it that way. Alan Collins says, DK, wouldn't it be better to move Darnell Washington to the offensive line? Seems like a waste of a skilled position if you're not going to throw him the ball. They, they throw him the ball a little bit. My bigger concern with Darnell is that he had some holes he had some holes as a blocker he has things that he needs to do and, and what what that tells me specifically that he needs to do is look at whatever signs were put forth there uh, he put some things clearly on tape because it's not like he was going to get blown away by anybody this is a this is a magnificently huge human being okay he's not going to get out muscled by anyone the Pef says hey DK should the Steelers look to putting more money into the offense as opposed to the defense. I'm glad somebody brought this up too cuz this is another one of those this is another one of those talk show things. The defense is so highly paid. They're the second highest paid defense in football. There's only one reason for that. That's cuz they're not paying a quarterback. If the Steelers had a 30 million or 40 million dollar quarterback like a lot of other teams do, then all of that money shifts over to the offensive side. If you want the defense to be a better match for the payroll level, then what you want is for the Steelers to spend below the salary cap, which also wouldn't make sense. There are young players on the offensive side. You have no reason to pay them above their rookie deals. That's the only reason that imbalance exists. Uh, Could you take some of that out of the defense? Sure, but which side of the football are we now talking about fortifying here more than any other? Where do you need to spend it? Yeah, I'm glad this came up. Where do you need to spend it? You need to go and get inside linebackers. You might need to go and get more safeties. You might need to go and get another corner. That's No. <laughs> okay. I actually might want to see even more money spent on the on the defense and not worry what anybody said. What anybody says on talk shows about an imbalance here. That's not a choice. That's just roster construction, roster constitution. Andrew says we have three likes. That can't be correct. Sometimes we see these things before, you know, without refreshing and think that they're just supposed to automatically uh, refresh. Amos says, What makes you think Kenny could be the franchise? You know, I can't say to you on one hand that that I still believe in Kenny and I still believe that there is a a possibility for him to be a starting quarterback and not come up with some kind of substantive answer for this. But there's a difference between being the franchise and being QB1. In Pittsburgh, we think of quarterbacks as having to be the franchise because that's how we've been conditioned. That's how it was in the 70s. Um, that's how it was when Ben came along and everything else was a complete catastrophe in our eyes, even when it wasn't. And that's not reality. That's not NFL reality. You know I heard uh, overheard a handful of people up in Buffalo saying, looking out on the field, and there's Josh Allen saying, oh, what we need to get is one of those. What we need to get is one of those. Okay, that's correct. That's a wonderful thing. But there's only three or four of those at any given time in the league. That's what made Ben special. Ben was one of those, and we had one of those for 18 years. Vegas says they're opening a, a punk rock museum in April? For real? In Las Vegas? Why? <laughs> Why would it be in Las Vegas? I mean, the Dead Kennedys did once do a cover of Viva Las Vegas, so maybe it's that. That is really, really something. No, I hadn't heard that. That has to be in, in London, you would think, right? Maybe they'll have their own. I'd go to the one in London. Sergio Perez says, DK, do you think Dan Orlovsky is a good option, or do you think he is all talk? I have no idea. No idea. I'm not not even sure 100% who that is. Again, you're going to be looking for names here, and it's going to end up being names that you don't know. It just is. That's how this stuff goes. Bobby says, hey, DK, does the OC have a say in the offensive line? Yes. But I'll finish it. I know the priority is the quarterback, so wouldn't protection up front be the number one priority? The OC in the case of Canada versus Pat Meyer has been an under-discussed thing, and maybe Ramon and I could spend a day on this in the near future because it's a subject that's near and dear to his heart, obviously. He's dealt with a lot of OC versus O-line coach battles, but a lot of stuff that I've heard since Canada's departure is that The amount of communication between Canada and Meyer for things that really, really, really needed to be communicated wasn't there. And that was why you saw offensive linemen standing around or looking around, wondering who had who. And you didn't see that anywhere near as much post-Canada. That's because Meyer basically just came in and took over that portion of it. Oh, this is the play? This is where we want to go? Okay, here's the scheme meaning the blocking scheme. And then they would communicate that with the offensive lineman. The offensive lineman would ask questions back. So yes, yes, and yes, Bobby. The OC uh, should have a say in the offensive line across the board. Cameron wants to know if the OC can help Kenny stay out of his own head. Uh, We're starting to lose some steam here. Alex wants to know, why the middle of the field was always open for the opposing team, Oh, meaning for the opposing defense, but we always throw sideline fades, except the one every five-week deep ball to Austin. Well, you're, you're describing more the first half of the season than you are the final month or so. Uh, and really, it goes back to, I should say, the game in Cincinnati, where that was the first one without Canada, where Kenny and Pat Friermuth connected nine times. Because the Bengals did the exact opposite thing. And they went and took away all the sideline routes. When the Bengals came here again, uh, this time, uh, I'm sorry, the other way around, uh, the Steelers ended up, hang on a second, that game was in Pittsburgh. And Mason took over. And Mason threw to the the sidelines. And that's because he's really, really good at it. They took advantage of it. He had, uh, one day where the next-gen stats crew at NFL called what he did in terms of throwing to the sidelines, just in that specific regard, borderline historic. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but if anybody's interested, I can, I can dig them up. I ran them with my column that day. Uh, one of many underlying things that people either might not have picked up on themselves or might not have heard about uh, that impressed over the course of Mason's Month Uh, Ray says, hey, DK, I really hope that when Latrobe rolls around, it's announced that Rudolph is QB1. Uh, That's not going to happen that early. Training camp competition can't equate to in-stadium results. I agree with you 100%, but he's not going to say this in January and then just show up in Latrobe and say he's got a different QB1 after saying that he was going to have competition. That's absolutely, unconditionally not going to happen, barring injury. Uh, Let's get one more for today, all right? Um, I'm going to try to find a good one here, so if you bear with me. Brian Chonker says that I've spent a lot of time in front of the camera, that I've coached Ramon. No, no, Mike Munchak coaches Ramon, not me. (laughs) Brian says, watching the Chiefs-Dolphins game got me wondering if if Kenny becomes as good as Tua and goes into his... uh, the situation is exactly what it is. We don't have to make all kinds of grand predictions or forecasts or uh, how does Mike Tomlin use that phrase? It's seeking comfort in making certain statements. You know, it, it's, 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 it's not necessary. Oh, look, look at what Ramon has to say. Are they liking and subscribing? He wants to know from afar. He actually has seen this, by the way, now, and he's, he acknowledged getting a good laugh out of it, although he's not having a great day. Our man, our man's stuck on a hill somewhere, picking up somebody he didn't want to pick up. I can't, Jonathan says, I can't help but feel the development of Kenny was halted. Come on, guys, stop it, stop it. 24 NFL starts, okay? He could have shown something more than he did. We have to stop playing the small violin for him, okay? Really? Really? I'm not saying that as an, as an anti-Kenny guy or a pro-Kenny guy or anything. He did not deliver. Okay, 24 NFL starts. is It's a career for a lot of quarterbacks. Pittsburgh fan just wants to see the trenches addressed. Hodge says, will the Steelers look to resign Quan? I, I think that would be unlikely. I don't think you're gonna see the same three linebackers back and I think Holcomb in particular he's really gonna be a health issue. I mean Holcomb, I don't need to remind anybody of that gruesome scene, but it's it's gonna take some it's gonna take some time you know and don't do this either above five hundred Matt Canada mark, you watched those games you know why they were won you know we can't we can't let's not get into like politics and semantics and Coming up with stats that fit our, you know, the, the best possible discussion that we can have about this quarterback situation is to just be as honest as possible, not try to convince the other side or anything else. You know, I, I know I'm shouting into the wind on this, but, you know, that, that, that stuff, I, I just don't have you, you watch, you know, football, Mark, you know, it you watched those games. Robert wants to see more trap blocking. Mitch wants me to address the punting. It was not good. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers just cut ties with Presley Harvin in a normal circumstance, but this head coach loves Harvin, so you just don't know. Uh, Jacob wants to know if the, the Kenny slide should be flagged or fake slides. The answer to that is yes, absolutely. I also don't believe that Minka Fitzpatrick could safely use that as an explanation for what happened there. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how to say this. It looks like Jillu Juju, uh, you are all so easily impressed, finger wag. Kenny saved Tomlin's losing record last year and won seven of our ten this year, and Tomlin repays him by benching him because Mason won three easy games. Um. None of that is accurate. Not one syllable of that is accurate. Kenny got hurt. Remember? Kenny got hurt more than once. Remember? And the reason that Kenny got hurt, again, just calling it exactly like it is, was that he couldn't stay in the pocket. And he kept fleeing. And he got hurt ultimately and lost his job ultimately because of one of those billion turns to the left that you know everybody's been saying or everybody's been talking about. You can't just 24 starts, guys. You could just run into a good game by accident over 24 games, okay? And it didn't happen. I actually took a, a look at one point at Rudolph's performance in buffalo in the in the playoff game and it would have been one of kenny's better games and there's people saying that rudolph oh yeah see there it is came back to reality whatever else 279 yards was it 279 or 229 hang on i don't want to get that wrong and be accused of um be accused of pumping it up here yes 229 my apologies 229 that's why we're here to get it right Two twenty nine, two touchdowns played four games, one interception. You know, five touchdowns. What do you you know? Don't overthink this, you know. One more for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that it's a good one though. Yeah, and this is this, this is this is this stuff here that I have no use for, you know. You're making this guy out to be a hero. You taking a side on everyone else here. I, I I really don't. You know, this is low level stuff. Call three 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 talk show and have at it with them. Uh, that's not that's not the way the the Ramon Foster show certainly has been carried. Uh, we go in we go whichever way we actually genuinely legitimately believe. You know, and try to base it on as much information as we possibly. Uh, can accrue, and you know, you, you know, we'll get accused of, well, you went with the flow, or you go with the flow. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the way this is supposed to work. Hodge says that Mason connected on several passes that were lower than 30% chance at completion. Never give the full credit for that to the quarterback. Remember that those passes that are rated that way, that are really, really unlikely to be completed, Almost always have to come with an extraordinary effort, on the wide receiver's part or whoever the other receiver is. Joshua Dobbs says, "Right, that stuff is talk radio crap. Take it there, you know, old school terrestrial talk radio." I, I just I don't have any use for it. Jay Hanna says Tomlin can't commit to Mason until he's under contract. Well, that's that was a really good point about the about the the QB one thing. He wasn't in a position to call mason qb anything yesterday he doesn't have him under contract for 2024 he can presume it and it sure sounded like he did but yeah mel says i'm getting fired up i don't think so i don't think so come on guys i want one more good question here i don't want to sign off on some lame talk show type thing give me something good you know and none of this either what is this oh here here's what we want to do Michael Walker comes in. No, 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 you got to put Ramon back up. This is important. Where'd she took Ramon down? There he is. This is important. Michael Walker takes Ramon's spot on this Rapid Fire Friday to send the usual message that says, Hey, DK, have a great weekend. Say hi to a stranger. Buy someone a drink. What does he say? Apologize to someone is my favorite one out of all of that. What does that even mean? I've never asked him. I just like the sound of it. There's a component of humility to it, you know? And it's very, very Ramon, you know? I couldn't do it. Michael pulled it off. I really, really like that. That is good, good stuff. Be good humans is another one, George says. You guys remember any other ones? Hug somebody, says Teresa. That's how it's done. And Donnan comes in at the end and says, have a great weekend, my friend. Guys, thanks so much for putting up with me. This was actually kind of fun after the first handful of minutes. And uh, we will be back with a full episode on Monday, both Ramon and I. Bye-bye.